Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Marianne Jepson, your host, along with my co-host, Father John Sims Baker, who is the Vice Rector of the College of Liberal Arts at the Pontifical College Josephina. Great to have you here, Father, as always. Great to be here. Anything new, exciting in your life? Oh, uh, well, I have a new bishop. Oh, you have a new bishop he in was Nashville? just ordained last weekend. I was down in Nashville. It was great. Very good. That's a wonderful thing. So um, it, he'll be new for uh, a few years yet, right? So this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. It's the first time in my life I have a bishop younger than I am. Oh, my goodness. Well, we won't ask how young that is. But anyway, <laughs> it's good to have you here. It's nice to be back on the air with you. And um, for those of you who are new listeners or regular listeners that need a reminder, this show is about you and how um, we might help you to sort through some some of the uh, questions you have about life and faith and that sort of thing. So we are accepting your questions at abidinginhope.com. Please help us with the show and send in your questions. We love to have them. We love to talk about them, and it keeps Father and I going. Um, and, you know, you might think that you're the only one that has such a question, but we have found in the past that these questions are applicable across the board in so many ways, and many people thank us. So are you ready for the first question, Father? I'm sitting on ready, rocking on go. Okay. So but we need to pray. We do what need are we to thinking? pray. I do, we, we need to pray. Thinking, we're not thinking, We're not thinking. You were thinking. I wasn't thinking. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Son and, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and bless you and glorify you today. And we ask you to help us always to be opened to your mercy and to your love for us so that we can receive that and then in turn, as you direct us, pass that on to others. And we ask these prayers through your Son, our Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and also ask you to give us this gift of re- receptivity through the intercession of, of our Blessed Mother, who is that most receptive vessel of your word and your love. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of, full of grace, grace, the Lord, the Lord is, is with, with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among, among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the, the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. So receptivity is a good word, a word for the day. Um, Our first question is from Michael, and um, here goes. For those of us who grew up Catholic, what are we to think of how God will treat and deal with the soul of a family member who has died by suicide? That's a deep one. We're getting started right by jumping into the deep water. So uh, maybe we'll come to a little bit more shallow water later, but I doubt it. <laughs> no, we're still pretty not, much out in the deep, the, I think. So. We are. But this is a – but you're absolutely right, Marianne. It, in my experience, especially as a priest in my priesthood, I, I don't – I can't really think of anything that's harder to deal with than all of the things that surround uh, an incident of suicide. Mainly because there just aren't answers. There are many, many, many questions, and there, there isn't the opportunity for, for many answers. And, and that's very difficult for us, to, for us to deal with. And so I really do um, 
have great sympathy for this question for the the person who sent this question in and it's it's a it's a very good question and one that again I think the question as you mentioned before this is something that many people struggle with so thank you for opening this up and allowing us to hopefully let God's mm-hmm. love and mercy shine even in this very very difficult situation well first of all I would say we what we should do because that's really what the a questioner is asking uh, is is to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's to pray for this person, the repose of their soul. Uh, I was talking to someone just recently about the matter of suicide, and we brought up there's a beautiful quotation of a situation that happened in the life of, of St. John Vianney, you know, the patron saint of parish priests. Mm-hmm. And many, many, many people would come to St. John Vianney, really from all over France. Um, of course, we know about his great mission in the confessional, but also with, with you know, all kinds of issues. And one time there was a woman who had come to see St. John Vianney very distraught. Her husband had committed suicide. And apparently in this particular case, he had done so by, by, by jumping off of a, a bridge into a river. And St. John Vianney had said to this woman, said, oh, my dear, just remember that between the bridge and the water was the mercy of God. I love that. I love that. Well, and it, it takes a wisdom of a saint yes, it does. to help us to yes, see these things. And again, that's not really maybe an answer like we're looking for an answer, mm-hmm. but so true and so consoling. Mm-hmm. What it reminds us of is God's absolute desire to show us his mercy. Mm-hmm. With the slightest pretext, you know, mm-hmm. the, so the slightest little opening and God's mercy will flood in. Mm-hmm. And so we have no idea subjectively what's going on in the soul of that person at that time. Right. And, but we can be absolutely sure that if that person were open to God's mercy in the slightest, God's mercy is already there. So, we pray mm-hmm. in hope, uh, and, and that's what we, we must do, and, and to seek also you know, the comfort and consolation of, of those who uh, – of the survivors. Right. It, it's a very right. difficult situation, and to realize that God's mercy is there for you also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe also pray for yourself and for the others affected by this, and those ripples – very often go pretty far out. And so just encourage that that's um that's what I would uh uh would recommend. I think even stepping back from this a little bit, we live in a in a world that has been characterized to some extent it has a, a lot of influence mm-hmm. of what St. John Paul II called the culture of death. Mm-hmm. Where death is often seem seen to be an answer or a solution. Um, and one of the thing, one of the bright line rules <laughs> of sort of Catholic you know, moral teaching is death is not the answer. And so if you or if someone else is ever heading in that direction, stop. And sort of say, I'm, I'm on the wrong track. I, and it's, it's understandable how we can get to feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's not, 
it's, you're not a bad person for having that kind of thought or feeling. That's right. But, but stop and, and bring yourself back. Seek the mercy of God. Seek the love of, of, of his people as well. We need others. Reach out and, and be reaching out so that people um, don't, aren't sort of lured into this thought you know, further and further. Um, you know, even our culture, even now, in some senses, promotes suicide as a positive good. Yeah. And, and so we have to, again, help people never to see themselves as, as a burden. Yeah. I think people you, are never a burden. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I have clients sometimes who say, oh, I'm such a burden to my family. I know, no, you're not. Your, your family loves you. God loves you. The only burden that you feel is within yourself. And, you know, God can heal those things. He does heal those things by, by praying to him and by reaching out to others because we all become his hands and feet to those who are suffering, his words, his love, his embrace. That's what we are to those people who suffer. If they reach out to us, that's what we should be as Christians. I think, um, you know, a lot of times when people struggle with the the suicide of a family member or a friend, I, this particular question is about a family member, uh, I believe, the soul of the family member. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a question that is only determined by God. He knows their heart. He knows at the very last moment of their life or, or those last moments what they were going through. Um, so we don't know about that soul. I think the interesting thing is, you know, the catechism has given us in the 2280s, they've, they answer so many of these questions there as well that, you know, we're responsible for life before God because he gave it to us. So we're, that's where we get that, uh, that mortal sin aspect that we've always been taught that this is a mortal sin. Um, because God gave us the life, and now we're cutting that off from the creator of it, from God. Um, he's entrusted it to us, and it's not ours, basically, to dispose of. And it also contradicts the natural inclinations of the human being to preserve and perpetuate life, right? So um, that's why this is so such a, a sin as we know it, um, and it's so contrary to the love of God and 2282 also talks that it's, if it's committed with the intention of setting an example, it's a, it's a huge scandal. Like, I'm, exactly. I, you're mad at me. I don't like you. You've hurt me. Therefore, I'm going to hurt you back. And I'll show you how I'll hurt you by those things with those intentions. That's where we get that. That's a sin. That's really a sin because I'm aware and I'm doing it to hurt you. But most people that we know don't do that intentionally. We don't know the suffering and the pain that they have at that last moment. If it's in depression or whatever psychological anguish they might be in, we don't know what their last thoughts were and how that something like that can just drive it. They are not rational at that moment. It is not a rational choice at that moment. And that's one of the things we always have to remember. You use the the term, you know, mortal sin, and we have to go back and remember, you know, the the things that that uh go the elements that make up a mortal sin. Right. You know, the one thing is the grave matter. And that's what we can say 
objectively about suicide or any other intentional taking of life. It is grave matter. So that's the objective level. But Mm -hmm. you also also have to know know that it is, Mm -hmm. and you also have to have the freedom to choose it. And I think that's the place when we deal with suicide – that I, there'd be a huge question about whether a person is really acting in freedom or not, mm-hmm. whether they are so affected by whatever sort of psychological condition they might be dealing with, the depression or something like this, that even though we know rationally and objectively they do have a choice, I think very often the people contemplating suicide think they don't have a choice. Exactly. Now, they're objectively wrong in that, but subjectively, in a sense, they've lost their freedom. Right. And so, yeah. again, that's this other place where, um, again, and that would reduce the culpability, their mm-hmm. moral responsibility for this. So, mm-hmm. again, it's very, very hard to judge these things on the outside. And, again, that's why I think we can trust in God's mercy and entrust those mm-hmm. who even – maybe have committed an objective act of suicide to the mercy of God, um, knowing that he does see into their hearts and he does, is full of mercy and compassion for those who turn to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes in life we just have to be, um, we just have to accept that there are no answers this side of heaven, you know, and these oftentimes are the types of questions that we just don't have answers for. And while they may trouble us for the rest of our lives and we'll be seeking answers we may never have it but you know given that this show is about hope um i'd like to leave this with uh, from the catechism 2283 we should not despair of the eternal salvation of persons who have taken their own lives by ways known to him alone god can provide the opportunity for salutary repentance the church prays for persons who have taken their own lives that's why we continue to pray for those persons that's why even when we don't have questions that's why we have those catholic funerals it's our duty to pray it's not our duty to judge right that's right Again, like St. John Vianney said, between the bridge and the water is the mercy of God. Amen to that. I love that. That's beautiful, beautiful. I have to remember that one. Yes, remember it. We all need to remember that one. So, Father, um, we have another question, but just to reorient us all, if you're just joining us, my name is Marianne Jepson. I am co-host of Abiding in Hope. That's this show with Father John Sims Baker, who is a priest of the Diocese of Nashville, but he is serving as the Vice Rector of the College of Liberal Arts at the Pontifical College Josephinum. It's great to have you all with us. Thanks for listening in. You can um, join this show by sending your questions to abidinginhope.com, and we will use them for upcoming shows. So our next question comes from Tim. Tim says, I have been struggling for years with sexual addiction stemming from pornography and illicit relationships with women. Prayer is of great comfort to me most of the time, but there are too many times that my urges and desires seem to be too much to bear. I have abandoned so much of my old behaviors, but feel a huge void. Where do I go from here? How do I get support and guidance to amend my life? God bless, Tim. Tim, thank you for this question. That's a brave one to give to us, and uh, we really appreciate it. You really have 
reveal um, some huge struggles there, and um, we appreciate that because, again, you are not alone in this. Um, so, Father, what do you have to say there? Well, first of all, God bless you, Tim, um, for um, for sharing this question, but all the more so for trusting God and being willing to struggle. You know, really, the name of the Christian life is struggle. We don't like to admit that, but it really is. And when we're struggling, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong. Uh, we have to remember that Jesus said to us that if you're going to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross every day, and follow me. And so uh, that's that's what you're in in the midst of here. And so I just would encourage you, in, a, uh, in first of all, in in the willingness to take up the struggle, and also in turning and relying on prayer. And I'd like maybe to encourage you in those ways in a, in a couple of things. First of all, in the struggle, when you've had, and especially this sort of maybe addictive sort of behavior has developed, you know, you've got to treat the symptoms. And so you probably have learned like not only to recognize when you're being tempted, but when you could be when you're vulnerable, and to act quickly in those situations to get yourself out of the danger zone. Um, These kind of temptations are ones we really can't fight. We have to flee from. Mm, And so um, continue. And and there are lots of of different strategies and helps out there for avoiding uh, pornography, for uh, avoiding uh, unchaste relationships. And so by all means, do those things. By all means, keep that up. But this struggle is, is, is not going to be successful if it just consists of no's. Um, because actually what's underneath this, and you expressed this in your question, you talk about urges and desires. And actually I think there's a desire down deep here that actually is very legitimate, we all have a desire to come out of ourselves and to be connected beyond ourselves in a deep communion. The great mystics of the church use this very word that sounds in ordinary circumstances, in ordinary language, it sounds like a very strange word, to describe some of the highest states of mystical experience. They use the word ecstasy, which sounds very odd in sort of an ordinary situation, But literally, the word ecstasy means to stand outside of. And this is like standing outside of yourself. That's the experience that we're seeking, is to be able to transcend ourselves in and enter into communion that takes us out of and beyond ourselves. That is fundamental. That is a fundamental human desire, and it's good. God has made us that way. Um, there's a beautiful quotation from St. Augustine who talks, who says, you know, oh God, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So ultimately this desire is properly oriented to coming out of ourselves in a deep relationship with God. So that's why it's so good that you're working on your prayer life to go deeper with God. And so I'd ask you to get more spiritual to it. How do I deepen this relationship so that I'm being fulfilled? These desires are being fulfilled legitimately. You know, sometimes we're, we're, we're tempted by pornography or other relationships because they seem to, to, uh, 
promise that ecstasy, but only in a very partial, limited, incomplete way. And that's why people sometimes have to go back and back and back again, again and again, because it doesn't really fulfill. But the relationship with God does fulfill. And another thing that can help with that is having other people trying to do this with you. And if you really have been suffering from the an addiction, a sexual addiction, that's what's helpful with things like 12-step programs, like SA, mm-hmm. is that you are supported mm-hmm. with others. And you you in this Christian friendship, uh, you know, a, a friendship focused on on Christ and going deep into that. There's a beautiful uh, quotation from the book of Proverbs that says, a man surrounded by his friends is like a walled city. Mm-hmm. And so that's why things like accountability partnerships and things like that <laughs> exactly right. is another thing that's very helpful in this because you're not in this alone. That's what that void a lot of times is, is this loneliness that we experience. You know, God recognized that from the very beginning. God looked out at Adam and God said, it is not good mm-hmm. for the man to be alone. Mm-hmm. You know? So and true, so, so true. <laughs> and so, um, so I would I- encourage you, you know, to go deeper in your own spiritual life. Also turn to uh, various forms of support, uh, like, uh, like 12-step programs. I think those can be you know, very effective. Other sorts of great uh, – there are many uh, good sources of, of, of support, of, of, of getting free of addictions to pornography and that sort of thing. So work on the no's, but also work on the yes, the big yes, the big yes to, to God. There's a beautiful quotation in um, the first chapter of Second Corinthians – that talks about Jesus Christ. He says, with Jesus Christ, it's never yes and no. And in him, it is always yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So um, I have just a few thoughts. You've, you've, express that all so beautifully and um frankly father you stole stole a little bit of my thunder oh yeah well, <laughs> well you're the you're the you're the pro no, with no, this no so. i'm not no you do it way way better i just had to throw that in just um because i have some practical very other you know kind of practical local Please. resources yes. and things like that you you said so many things so beautifully so you um you know i i noticed in your question tim um, how you had said um, that you feel a huge void after you've abandoned all of those other behaviors. You've abandoned the pornography. You've abandoned the um, illicit relationships with women and things like that. So when you take something away, you have to. You've you've got that hole there. What's the go to? The go to used to be porn, or it used to be these illicit relationships that made you feel something that was missing. There was something missing before you found those the pornography and before you found those relationships with women. And I think Father addressed those very well. It was that hole in your heart that, that you know, you needed to have God in there. So as much as you put God in that place, there's nothing better than that. Regular confession, um, spiritual direction, as Father had mentioned, um, you know, turning to your faith, there's adoration always. There's no better relationship than the one that you have with Jesus Christ. Run to him in those times when you feel that you want to go find a woman somewhere. But um, And there's adoration chapels all over the city. 
um, you know, good relationships with other people, as Father had said, through 12-step programs. Of course, there's Sexaholics Anonymous, and and that really is um, directed. It's it's taken off of the AA 12-steps, but it's specifically for sexual addictions. Or even uh, just healthy friendships, you know, like... In exactly. your parish in men's parish. group or something, there's, or there's Knights of Columbus or something like that. Yes, But, you know, there is a really good men's – well, it's not just a men's group. To the best of my knowledge, it's for people that have sexual addictions. That is Catholic, and it's here in this diocese, and it complements those who may be in SA program, Sexaholics Anonymous program, that um, they may be longing for more of the Catholic version of that, and that is called the Casta Society. It is. It has three locations around the city. They meet three times a week, as best I know. And I'm going to give you an email address. And this is easy enough um, to remember, uh, I think. The first, uh, the person's name here is Tim, and then it's at Castus, C-A-S-T-U-S, society.org. Tim at castasociety.org. And you can go on the website of St. John Newman um, Catholic Church in Sunbury, Ohio, if you don't, um, if you can't remember that, and you will find that um, listed there as well. The other thing I would like to say to you is to make sure that you have all of your social media and you have your computer locked down because you can't be tempted. Your phones and everything, your children's phones. Um, you can get accountability also by um, getting Covenant Eyes uh, installed. Now, some people complain about Covenant Eyes because it locks even, like you hardly can do a research paper, your kids for high school or or whatever. But you know what? It's better to have Covenant Eyes on than and complain about it than not have it on and be sorry. Um, so have that on your phones and everything, and you will have an accountability partner on Covenant Eyes. Um you need also to turn to your family. Who have you hurt in your family and what relationships do you have to repair? Make sure that you repair those. And also understand the nature of your loneliness and your isolation. And we talked about that a little bit. We could go on and on about that, but we're running out of time. Um, this was just a, a quick show, and hopefully some of these things will help. But do look inside your heart and your soul and understand where that loneliness and emptiness comes from and find God in the midst of all of that. And I think I'm out of breath, Father, and we're out of the show to, time for the show. <laughs> so we've enjoyed having you with us on Abiding in Hope today. Please do catch us again. You can find us online, the archives, at stgabrielradio.com. We are on Mondays at 1230 and Sundays at 2 p.m. And Father, would you please bless us with a prayer? Certainly. Glory be to the Father and to, to the, the Son and to the, and the, Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. As it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without God, end. Amen. 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 And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, and um, catch us next time. God bless. Veni, sancti, Spiritus.